Hey everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Between Hard Lines. This is a special episode. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. My name is Jesse Call. I am the host. With me as always, I have Sasha Denisova and Brian Dobbs. And then our special guest today is a Mr. Carl Herzog. Uh, today we are going to be focusing a little bit more on the conspiracy topic that we covered last week, actually a couple days ago. Um, however, we are going to give some attention to Carl, who may be on the other the other side of the coin as far as how some of these conspiracies may have some merit to them. Um, what we're going to do is give him plenty of time to talk about a specific conspiracy. He had us all watch a video, uh, the video in question here is a video called citizens reporting by dana ashley that's d-a-n-a last name ashley a-s-h-l-i-e uh it does touch on how the coronavirus and is affecting uh the hospitals and essentially at this point how the hospitals are empty um we are going to give ample opportunity for carl to explain why he feels this is true um, and then we can all touch base on how we feel about some of the reporting that was done in that video. Um, and then after that, Carl's going to have plenty of time to discuss other conspiracies that he does feel has merit. Um, and one of the conspiracies that we are not going to talk about is the Sandy Hook conspiracy because there are people that feel very uh, disturbed by that one. So we will avoid that one altogether. Um, and the COVID-19 I know we've been avoiding talking about that because it gets plenty of press coverage. Uh, we are going to discuss this one in depth today, and it's probably the only time we're going to discuss COVID-19 or the coronavirus. So, Carl, why don't you go ahead and just give us your thoughts on this video by Dana Ashley and the whole record your hospital uh, hashtag movement. So, Carl, why don't you go ahead and give us your take on the hashtag film your hospital movement. Yeah, I find it interesting that the mainstream media claims claims that the hospitals are too capacity. Uh, it's like war zones. They claim that they don't have enough equipment. They claim that they don't have enough personal protective equipment. And then, contrary to the mainstream media, when the, uh, people actually film the hospital, there are no lines at the emergency room, the hospitals are virtually empty. So I just kind of question mainstream media, and I just question why are they doing that? If the hospitals are relatively empty, why is mainstream media hyping this up and claiming that they're full? Right, and so one, one thing that I'll say about this video for everyone so they understand it, um, Dana Ashley has a large following, pretty much like an Alex Jones type following, where she gets uh, people, she asks people to send her videos um, filming their hospitals, and there's a bunch of people walking around going into emergency rooms, showing that they're empty, going into the testing tents, showing that they're empty, um, and then, uh, you know, showing hospitals that have been claimed to be the epicenters of specific cities and how they are packed to capacity, specifically one in Hawaii at a at an urgent care that said it was maxed out at its testing, um, and then someone walked by the next day or whatever it was and, and showed that there was no lines whatsoever. So there is a, there is a, a this video has a, a theme to it. 
Um, so now with that said, we'll go ahead and Sasha and Brian have both watched this video along with me and uh, Carl had chosen Sasha to follow him and then Brian will follow him as her. Um, so Sasha, go ahead and give me your take on this video that you saw. Um, absolutely. So our friend, uh, Miss uh, Dana Ashley, so the website for those of you listening is going to be www.missdanaashley, and that is Ashley, as uh, Jesse mentioned, ie.com. Um, that is her website. The video goes around and shows us um, hospitals. Are hospitals empty in certain parts of the country? Absolutely. Here, um, we are all based in Minnesota. Um, we have uh, a very few uh, cases. So we have uh, under 1,500 uh, total um, at the time of this uh, episode with about half who have already uh, recovered. Um, we have uh, reported uh, 65 uh, deaths and there's under 100 uh, people in the hospitals uh, being treated for uh, coronavirus. Uh, so now I have a friend who works at uh, Woodwinds um, that have reported uh, two active uh, cases that uh, required uh, hospitalizations and another uh, 14 uh, suspected uh, cases. So while the hospitals are not performing elective surgeries. They're not making any money. So this is where we're starting to see uh, layoffs, uh, furloughs of uh, medical personnel. Uh, my friend uh, works at the lab, so they are forced to cut down uh, their hours. Um, the Mayo Clinic uh, just made the news announcing 20,000 people uh, being uh, laid off. Something important to mention that uh, the test for the coronavirus is a very specific uh, test. Most hospitals uh, here in Minnesota can't do it. Actually, the only place uh, locally that uh, can test for coronavirus is uh, uh, the Mayo Clinic, and they do have a drive-through open um, there, and uh, they do have a, actually kind of cool, and they have a live cam uh, where you can see uh, the lines uh, at uh, the drive-through. Now, the way that's working is if you suspect uh, that you have coronavirus, you do a video chat uh, with your doctor who can then um, order uh, the test for you and you can uh, show up at uh, the facility. So currently the Mayo Clinic is the only one who's doing uh, drive-throughs and I believe uh, Emma Fairview is uh, uh, as well. They're seeing um, about 90 uh, tests uh, a day uh, coming in um, uh, through the drive-through at uh, the Mayo. So is this a hoax? No, the virus is real. Are we not seeing uh, the numbers that uh, are being claimed on the news? Probably not, right? And uh, the, also something uh, to mention in this video, uh, we see footage uh, that uh, was uh, allegedly um, a hospital here in the United States. Well, uh, and it was aired by uh, CBS. They have uh, issued an apology, uh, but it was footage from a hospital in, uh, in Italy being overwhelmed. Yes, absolutely. So that uh, is definitely a media hoax. Are we seeing uh, absolute uh, negligence by our media in creating uh, mass panic? Absolutely. 
Uh, we're also seeing um, things uh, being underreported. I was having a chat with a gentleman at Aldi yesterday uh, whose uh, elderly father is, um, just as a precaution, is drinking tonic water, right? We know that the malaria uh, drug is very effective in uh, fighting this virus um, in that those same ingredients are found in tonic water. So what this gentleman and his dad were doing is they were adding a bit of zinc, so zinc boosts the immune system, uh, and drinking a glass of tonic water a day to help uh, prevent uh, getting the virus. Um, now, most of us will be fine if we were to get uh, the virus, right? It's uh, uh, fever and, um, and a bad cough. Um, however, folks with underlying respiratory issues, so we're seeing that um, the Minnesota man who died, he was 38 years old, um, had not only uh, was he a very extremely heavy smoker, that anything right um, that uh, impacts your lungs, underlying respiratory issues, and extremely heavy smokers have underlying respiratory issues, but he was a severe asthmatic. Something interesting about uh, that case that uh, makes folks question is that he uh, took the coronavirus test twice and tested negative both times. His death was recorded as a coronavirus death, and that is also what his death certificate uh, says, um, even though both tests were uh, negative. Are we seeing an issue where certain deaths are being reported as coronavirus deaths? Absolutely. Uh, well, they potentially aren't coronavirus death and that person would have uh, expired anyways. Um, but this virus is very real, right? And it's it's nothing to talk about lightly and we all need to take uh, precautions, right? We all need to make sure that we're washing our hands, uh, that we want to make sure, right, that we are not uh, sneezing because we need to protect uh, those in our communities that are immunocompromised that are going to have those underlying respiratory issues. And obviously the elderly uh, who are more uh, susceptible to dying uh, from diseases. And we see that uh, with the flu epidemics every year, we see a large number of the elderly uh, that are affected. Um, so is this something to take lightly? No, absolutely not. Um, but we are seeing an absolute failure of our governments, of our hospitals, and of the system in general. Um, we're grossly unprepared. Uh, media is creating mass panic. So folks are panicking in the streets, uh, creating uh, an atmosphere where uh, folks are starting to lose their minds. I don't have all the answers. I feel that like we need to calm down. Uh, do our precautions, but we can't shut down uh, the country because what will happen is the longer the shutdown continues, the more job loss we're going to see. Unemployment is great. Stimulus packages are great. Uh, but chains, uh, certain chains are going out of business. AMC theaters, right? We, we know we lost a, a giant uh, employer across the country and uh, many more are following suit. They simply cannot um, maintain um, staying in business. So what's going to happen when we come out of this, right? We're facing the next uh, Great Depression. Folks are not going to be dying uh, from this. They're going to be dying from starvation. Suicide rates are through the, through the roof. Domestic violence right now, um, 
people are locked in uh, quarantine uh, with their abuser, and that's gonna um, that's gonna amount to deaths. So we're we're seeing again domestic violence um, deaths resulting from domestic violence are through the roof, and uh, it is uh, a very grave situation not uh, just here in the United States, but across the globe. Wonderful, thank and, you, thank you, Sasha. Yeah. I got to step in for just a moment here. Um, the one thing I am going to point out to everybody in here is I am having to physically mute everyone else. Brian and Carl are both on using the, the software that we use, Discord, but they're using it through their phones so that we were getting feedback for the first couple minutes. I did mute everyone except for Sasha so she could get through it. Sasha, did you did a fantastic job hitting the points that you wanted to hit. This is a very broad topic. I want to stick very specifically with this video for now. We'll jump into some other things. Um, we're going to give Brian a chance to talk about the video right now. Um, but yeah, so Carl, Brian, Sasha, I have you all individually muted. I will unmute you just for the sake of actually getting good audio through this because we were getting a lot of popping and spiking. Um, Sasha's not going to have that issue because she's actually on a headset in her computer at home. But Brian and Carl are using their phones. They just, they're just not set up with a studio. So uh, that's what that is. But Sasha, thank you so much. We're going to get back to you here in a minute. Um, but for now, and Brian, if you want, I'll unmute you quick and we can go ahead and get your take on this. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, I uh, was going to kind of more focus on the video a little bit. And <clears throat> some of the things that I saw when I was watching was the answer to the question or the question in the video is actually stated in the video and you also have to look at it like it says the media is hyping that the hospitals are packed well which media because the media i've watched has actually talked about the fact that this is actually hurting hospitals how hospitals are very empty in certain areas because having someone who has been in hospitals many 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 times Hospitals, especially some of the ones around here, are very large, and most of those sections are not designed for COVID-19 patients. My wife, for example, we've gone into a, like, if we're to have anything go on there, we're trying to avoid going to a hospital because we don't want to take any elective surgeries or anything that's not life-threatening. We're trying to push off because we don't want to go into a hospital to increase that chance of infection, which is what also some doctors have mentioned. So saying that hospitals are empty is proof that what the media has said is true. Many hospitals are empty. Basically, when you see the video, there's uh, two things that really kind of stuck out right at the very beginning. Uh, the first part was it's a citizen reporter, which is basically a guy on a phone just walks up and starts harassing a ambulance driver, asking him how many COVID-19 patients he's had that day. And I believe he says there was about three that he had had that day. Well, there's two things to keep in mind about that. One, ambulances don't make diagnoses of what the serious of the issue is. They're not doing a test to tell, is this a COVID-19 case or not? So unless that person that's on the ambulance has already been tested and was quarantining himself at home and then situation got worse and then took an ambulance in the ambulance driver is not going to know the second thing is the way COVID-19 works generally is that if you're not needing to be hospitalized and put on a ventilator or anything like that right now they're telling you to stay at home now if your symptoms get worse 
you may not necessarily need to take an ambulance to the hospital. You might decide things are getting worse. I talked to them. They said, come in. Your partner with you drives you in. Just because you're needing to go to the hospital doesn't mean you need an ambulance. I, my wife has been in the hospital many times for things like that. And we haven't always had to take an ambulance. So an ambulance driver not seeing a lot of cases doesn't really mean a whole lot. The second thing is the guy, uh, one of the people who goes in, he shows the waiting room and says, look how empty this place is. I had to take my wife to the doctor about a week and a half ago. When we got to the door, they asked us questions to make sure that we weren't having symptoms because they're sending people with symptoms to specific locations. And then I was told to wait outside because I don't need to be in. They're restricting all non-essential people from coming in. Of course there's no one in the waiting room. Who is going to be in there waiting? If you're sick, you're in the back. If you're waiting, you're outside. You go home. So showing a waiting room empty doesn't really prove anything. It shows that, yes, there's no one waiting in the hospital. <clears throat> and then later on, they talked to a guy, and they said, like, this person says, I've been talking to the nurses here, and they say, oh, it's a hoax. It's a, there's nothing going on here. What you don't see is him actually talking to anyone. So the evidence that we have is some random guy on a phone says that he talked to people that there's no evidence of saying something. That's hardly very good evidence of anything, but yet we're supposed to accept it as truth. And the biggest thing I always look at whenever you're looking at a conspiracy is who gains and how many people need to be involved for this to be working. Right now, you would have, I don't know, like, the hospitals can't be in on it because it doesn't make any sense because those non-essential surgeries and the other surgeons, those are far more profitable to those hospitals than Corona-19 uh, people. If the hospitals wanted to be in on the conspiracy, they would want those hospitals filled, not empty. So the theory is... The hospitals are lying to us in order to make less money. That doesn't really make any sense. Now, the other thing you have to look at is that means that New York City is blatantly lying because New York City has been like the hotspot currently in the United States. They're just completely lying, and everyone in New York is pretty much in on it because you can talk to anyone in New York, and they're talking about how bad it is over there the nurses the doctors and everyone knows nurses and doctors over there people are dying there you know there's people like posting on twitter about like how friends or family members are sick or dying and we're supposed to pretend like they're all in on the conspiracy as well also italy is all in on the conspiracy china's in on it britain's in on it basically the whole world everyone's in on this random conspiracy and that just doesn't seem believable now, the other thing is, just to kind of touch on the uh, video that was of Italy. Yes, that happened. Also, they apologized for it. And there's a thing that kind of, a, I think, kind of fits here. It's um, called Hennem's Razor. And basically what it is, is never a tribute to malice which can be adequately explained by stupidity. And that's what I think you kind of have here, although I'm not saying it's necessarily stupidity, but the odds of you being able to get a camera crew to go into a COVID-19 area during a 
ep- epidemic like this, where there's a lot of that going on. One, that is not safe to send your camera guy. Two, it's not really ethical to basically risk their camera guy for that, something like that. And three, what hospital is going to allow it? So yeah, someone might have just taken some footage because people are visual learners. They want to see, they're trying to, it gives a perspective of what it looks like in there. No one's saying that that hospital in Italy didn't exist. They're just using footage from a different hospital. Could they, you know, should they have made it more clear? Yes, but it's not a conspiracy. It's media has limited resources right now because of cutbacks, but also just the logistics of trying to get someone in to get film would be very difficult and dangerous when you already have film that basically shows. And that's where I think it really comes down to is trying to make a giant conspiracy out of, which is basically an error made, but without any kind of malice to it. It just happened. So. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, Brian. Uh, We're going to get back to Carl here in just a second. I do want to touch on a couple things real quick. Um, I will say based on the uh, waiting rooms that are empty, I can tell you my cousin's a nurse and she very specifically had said that a lot of the hospital is being uh, redistributed to specific areas. You're going to see empty waiting rooms because if someone comes in, they are moved directly to a different wing and a lot of the other staff is being redirected to different areas that they're not trained in. And there are people that are being laid off. A lot of people in the hospitals are being laid off. The hospitals are losing a lot of money. That, look, I don't think Carl is saying that this, this sickness isn't real. I think what he is getting at, and I'll let him speak for himself, is what a lot of people are saying is there's something else going on here because it's clear that businesses are losing a lot of money because of what's going on. So uh, I think some people, in a lot of cases like Carl, they want qu- answers to questions that aren't being given. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and let Carl speak for himself here. And Carl, let me mute you real quick. All right, you are good to go, my friend. You can address whoever you want, and then you can redirect this towards any other potential conspiracies or other sorts of things that you may have issues with. Um, but, yeah, go ahead and address uh, either Sasha or Brian or both if you'd like. Yeah, so I just I, – I still question it. So, I, you know, because they don't have the elective surgeries and the hospitals are not as full as the media says. So – if the hospitals are not as full during the elective surgeries and everything, why do we have nurses and why do we have all of these people complaining that they do not have enough equipment? Uh, what was it in New York? They had 30,000 ventilators in storage. And then he was complaining that they need more ventilators. Come to find out they have used less than 100 ventilators in New York City. And they were also to believe that they have to dig trenches for the amount of dead bodies. We have to put these bodies in public parks because the hospitals are so overrun. So I just I kind of like to address that. So we have so much conflicting information. Well, the hospitals are not that full because of these elective surgeries. We have to let hospital workers go. But at the second hand, they say, my God, the hospitals are so overrun 
we have to put bodies in refrigerated trucks. We have to bury them in public parks because they have nowhere to put them. So it's, it's this very suspect. And I think this, this virus could be no more than the flu. So they're hyping this up, getting everybody scared. The CDC admits on their own website, without any testing being done, that if somebody dies, they are to be listed as a COVID death. So without a test, they are just supposed to be labeled a COVID death. Well, I think what you mean is if they had COVID symptoms, that they would be labeled as a COVID death, not necessarily as a contributing factor. They would just right. label they it could, as a COVID death. could have yeah. underlying health issues. Right. So if somebody went in with an underlying health issue and they perished, they would automatically be labeled as a COVID-19 death. Yeah, and I saw that too. Okay, so Carl, we're going to give uh, Brian and Sasha both about five minutes to address what you just brought up. So, who would you like to go first? Um, you know, Dobbs is. Yeah, let's hear from Dobbs. Hear from Dobbs, and then we'll have Sasha right after Dobbs. Yeah. Okay, let me unmute you, Dobbs. I'll mute you again, Carl, in a second. You don't have to worry about that. Um, Brian, give me one moment, and you're good to go. All right. So um, to kind of touch on what you're talking about, like the without a test, they're being listed as a COVID-19 death. Well, when you don't have enough testing, that's kind of what you have to do. If someone has all the symptoms of COVID-19, and these are doctors and nurses who are, especially in some of the hotspots, they know what these symptoms look like because they've been seeing a lot of them. You can't do a test. They already know. That's why people um, that I know have actually been told, stay home, pretend like we can, we're not going to test you. Just assume that you have it, but stay home. And the reason for that being is, like we mentioned earlier, there is no tests. Part of the problem that we're running into with this whole situation is the complete lack of testing. So they can't, the hospitals aren't going to test everyone. Now, the other thing is, if this isn't something new, if you have cancer and you've got six months to live and you get in a car accident and you die, they don't say you died of cancer. Yes, you were had an underlying condition that made your health bad, but you died because of a car accident. If you die and you have, you know, if you're very sick and you get Corona 19 and that's the thing that kills you, that's what they would list as what killed you. That's the way it always has been. They don't just say, oh, pretend like the other stuff doesn't exist, but that's the thing that killed you. No one's saying like, oh, well, this probably would have got him anyway, so list that. That's never the way it's really worked. Now, the other thing is, like you've mentioned, um, why aren't the, uh, we already kind of mentioned, like the hospitals aren't supposed to be completely filled because hospitals have wings. There's not supposed to be, like you'll have like a birthing wing, you're going to have a heart wing, you're going to have different wings for different issues. No one's saying that every part of the hospital needs to be jam-packed for it to be a problem. If you have a respiratory section and that place is packed and doesn't have any people, that's a problem because that's where the equipment is. Um, as far as your numbers, I have no idea where you're getting them from, so I can't really address them. 
but we've known that doctors have been out there trying to figure out how ways to hook up four patients to one ventilator because of a shortage of ventilators. Now, why would they be doing that if they have plenty of ventilators? They don't have plenty of ventilators. Most places had one, maybe two ventilators at best, which basically means you could have two patients. And then after that, you're out of ventilators. They're not really prepared for something of this epidemic or pandemic type scale with that kind of breathing issue. And the last was, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you have COVID? Basically, um, you talk about like, uh, why don't all these nurses have like, all this protective gear? I've spent way more time in hospitals than I would ever like to. And guess what? Nurses generally don't come in with protective gear whenever I've been there because it's not an infectious disease area. They don't come in when you have a surgery two days later to come check on you and stuff. They're not coming in there with face shields and masks on and gloves and everything. They foam it, their hands up when they come in, they talk to it, they leave. They don't need protective gear because you're not carrying anything that's infectious. So, yes, having hospitals, you know, nurses and stuff, they're not going to be using all that protective gear all the time. But now they need it all the time because everyone could be infected. People at other workplaces are trying to get protective gear and they don't even work in hospitals. So I don't really see the fact that hospitals don't have enough protective gear being fake at all because I know people who are nurses, doctors, and lab techs, and they're all screaming for protective gear. So somehow I don't think they're all lying. Perfect. Um, so Sasha's going to get a second, just just one second. I wanted to touch on something. You know, when Brian coughed, I, I asked him if he had COVID. I did that for a reason. You know, we go to these stores, and I've seen people coughing, uh, sneezing, and other people give them death glares. Look, not everyone that coughs or sneezes out in public is going to have COVID. Like this, this, this specific sickness has caused such mass hysteria across the the whole planet that people are literally getting into fights over it um so it's it's kind of sad that someone could and right now where we're at i mean it's sad the fact that it's snowing on easter um where we're at is huge for allergies yesterday was massive allergy issues for my family um people are sneezing people are getting sick people are having issues it doesn't mean they've got covid so calm down guys if you're out in public and you have to do some shopping and you're out there just relax Stay the six feet apart, ten feet apart. Doesn't matter. Do what you got to do. I'm going to give everyone a chance when we're done here to quote some of their sources if they have any that they want to quote or they don't have to. But we'll go ahead and let Sasha speak now. Thank you, Jesse. I actually wanted to uh, talk a little bit um, about the situation in New York. And I don't believe our listening audience knows, but my cousin is a doctor in uh, uh, New York City. She's actually um, in the suburbs. She's part of the uh, Mount Kisco uh, group, which is in Wester, uh, Westchester County. And um, they, uh, the situation is dire uh, because, well, um, first of all, uh, let's uh, uh, start uh, at the onset of uh, this epidemic. Um, according to my cousin, no one has to die from COVID-19 if they are uh, taken to a respirator in time, right? Two key words, respirator and in time. 
Um, while those respirators might have been stuck in storage, they didn't get to the hospitals. New York City, the whole New York City, it's 11 million people, had 100 ICU beds when this started. The reason folks are dying is because there's not enough space, there's not enough, the ventilators aren't getting to the hospitals, the ICU beds aren't being set up fast enough. And um, also we're seeing a population in New York City that lives on top of each other, right? Here, uh, we live in Minnesota, right? Uh, my next door neighbor is an acre away. You know what I mean? Um, I, we're not on top of each other, but you're seeing a large urban area. You're seeing a huge disparity between the rich and the poor. Who's dying? The poor are dying. So these folks are, have underlying health conditions. They haven't seen a doctor in years and they uh, find themselves um, in dire straits and they're finally getting to the hospital, not in time, right? So that's what we're seeing at some of the large metropolises across uh, the country. We uh, here in Minnesota live in the most spread out metro area out of any major city. So we're not seeing the spread simply because of distance and how uh, we live. Was the situation grossly mishandled uh, by hospitals? Absolutely. They were absolutely not prepared. The airport should have been closed sooner than they were, right? Because we're seeing the epicenters of disease uh, here in the United States being New York, LA, Chicago. What do we know uh, about uh, those places? Those are the, that's where the major international flights come into, especially from mainland uh, China, uh, from the epicenters of disease. And the planes were not uh, coming in, it didn't stop coming in until the end of January, right? So patient zero uh, was 27 people that were reported uh, to uh, the WHO, organization, so that is the World Health Organization, on December 31st, presenting pneumonia-like symptoms. We also have a paper published in 2007 that uh, was addressing WHO that said that the next great pandemic will come from a SARS-CoV-2 strain found in bats. And because folks in mainland China eat bats, that was going to become the epicenter of disease. So mind you, this is 2007, it is 2020 now, that is 13 years ago. The World Health Organization, the United States, and the rest of the world sat on this information and did nothing. We're unprepared because of human greed. We're unprepared because nobody wanted to spend the money to get us prepared. And that's the reality that we live in. And to Jesse's point, let's make sure that we respect each other. If somebody sneezes at the store, let's not throw a stone at them. Forget it. What happened to humanity? What happened to being good to your fellow neighbor? Awesome. Back Thank to you, Jesse. Thank you so much, Sasha. All right, Carl, we're going to unmute you, give you a chance to either rebuke or switch topics here. So um, you, you can address... <coughs> Brian, you can address Sasha, or we can change gears if you want to talk about the hospital ships. If you want to go directly into something completely different, we can move away from COVID 
if you want to talk about some other conspiracy that might have some merit in your eyes, man, this is this this episode is for you. So we're gonna let you kind of go in the direction you want to go. I'd say we've got a good another <clears throat> half an hour before we. I'll put a, a hard stop to this. Maybe you know if, if the others want to go a little bit longer, we can. Um, this is definitely a longer episode than we're normally used to doing, but this is a big topic. So Carl, go ahead. Yeah. So the. You know, the situation in New York is supposed to be dire. However, a field hospital that was erected has not seen one patient in nine days. So I would just like to kind of speak to that. And also, if the situation is as dire as they say, why is the hospital ships virtually empty? Six, I believe, they have 64 patients out of a 1,000 beds. So just like Dobbs or Sasha, to kind of speak to that. Sure, and I'll, I'll interject real quick is, you know, and Brian brought this up. You want to, if you want to, we'll give you a chance to quote your sources on this to say that a hospital that was erected hasn't seen any patients yet. So um, if you have those sources that you want to prepare, you can give them now or you can give them after Brian and Sasha speak. It's up to you. What's your source on the hospital itself? Uh, I, I, that, that actually came from a Fox News. Okay. <clears throat> Fox so, News report. And it was, again, that there was a, a hospital in New York that was erected that hasn't seen more than six patients? Is that what you said? No, they have not had one patient. In nine days. Oh, one patient night, not one patient nine days. Okay, who do you want, Sasha or Brian, on this one? Um, I'll talk to uh, if Sasha wants to speak to that. Sure. All right. Yep, absolutely. So, again, going to mismanagement of, of resources, uh, we're also seeing a large uh, poverty-stricken population. So you're going to have um, the uh, low-income brackets, the illegal immigrants. So these folks don't go to the doctor. They are not getting to this hospital because they don't have access. That's the sad reality, right? Uh, is the situation dire? Absolutely. Is the hospital empty? Yes, it sure is, because there's no way for them to get from point A to point B. They don't have a referring physician. And by the time that they make it to any hospital, which is going to be their local hospital, not um, a hospital that was uh, uh, erected that they don't have access to. So that's, uh, again, a gross mismanagement of the situation, a gross failure uh, by the city of New York. And it's not that the cases aren't there, is that the resources aren't getting to the people that are sick. Perfect. Brian? Thank you. I'm gonna get, Brian, let me unmute you quick. You have a couple minutes here to just address what Carl brought up. Sure. Um, so as far as the hospital being built with no patients, I'm not familiar with that story, but I will say logically, they're getting ready for a worst case scenario, which is even worse than the current, which is horrific already. It could have just been built as an extra. And so far they've been able to handle it in the hospitals and they're setting up extras for if needed. So that's going to be more overflow. So that's a possible explanation. I don't know anything about that particular story, but I know um, you had mentioned before, I mean, I hear before like the hospital ship but I've seen that before too, as, well, why isn't the hospital ship off New York full? Well, the reason for that is the hospital ship is not for COVID-19 patients. 
because of the close quarters of the way the ship is built, because if you've ever been on a large ship, everything is narrow, everything's tight. That ship was built to hold large amounts of people, but not for infectious disease, necessarily. This is for, like, hurricanes, natural disasters, things like that. The The hospital ship is not built to have people with infectious disease that close of quarters because there's it's just gonna be too much spread so that ship was specifically sent there to hold emergencies that are not COVID-19 related so that the hospital could keep their resources in the hospital to use towards those cases not have to expend more rooms and also have people who are having maybe um, got in a bad car accident or a heart attack or something that they, they need to re- recover to have those people not in a hospital filled with people with an infectious disease when they're in a vulnerable state. So the fact that the ship's not full of COVID-19s isn't a conspiracy. It was the intent from the beginning. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Brian. Uh, we're going to go back to Carl here in just a second. Carl, did you want to switch gears? Do you want to address anything that they just talked about? Where do you want to go? Carl, you there? Uh, I lost you. Oh, okay. You got us now? Yeah. Okay. So do you want to address what they had talked about? Do you want to change gears completely? Where do you want to go here? Do you want us to talk about something off topic? Um, Yeah, I would just say that it's just a common theme. It's not just in New York City. It's also in Seattle. They also built a field hospital. And now they have not seen the patients, and now they're closing. So these are not for overflow. They have completely packed up and left. So. Okay. Um, do you, okay, so let's let's switch off the COVID topic now. Let's maybe touch on something else that you may have any. Carl, what's, a, what's another large uh, topic that has been considered a conspiracy that you feel has some merit to it? Uh, you know, I really don't. Well, I think <clears throat> back on the COVID, COVID nineteen. Um, I mean, it's I, a- well, I do believe. I think that the mainstream media is so dishonest that I do believe that they think they're hyping this up. I don't think COVID nineteen is as serious as they say. Okay. So, well, let's talk about that. Let's let's maybe switch into the media aspect of things. So, we do we do know Carl doesn't disprove COVID, right? He knows and feels that this is a thing. Um, but I think what Carl's stating is that he feels that it is being used as a tool for something bigger. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I would say that's correct. I think if you look at the WHO and how corrupt the WHO is. Uh, I don't think we can trust the numbers coming from the WHO or the CDC. Okay. So how can we prove all of these cases when we don't have tests? So the hospitals are empty, virtually empty. The field hospitals are all packing up and leaving. So... It's, it's very suspect. I don't know 
where they're getting the numbers from if they don't test. Okay, uh, touch on. Let's touch on a, another conspiracy that has been brought to the forefront, actually connected to COVID nineteen. Carl, do you feel that this is somehow, in its certainty, built and designed to mess with our current election that's coming up later this year? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think <clears throat> it is a grand conspiracy to take down the United States and the Trump administration. Okay, so you are in the camp that this is designed to help overthrow this election and get Joe Biden elected president. Correct. Okay, I'm going to let uh I'm going to go ahead and jump in and let Sasha talk on this one first and then we will hear from Mr. Brian Dobbs. So Sasha, take it away. I am going to uh respectfully disagree with uh Carl um, if it was just a conspiracy to take down uh, President Trump, why is this a worldwide pandemic if the powers that be simply wanted to discredit United States? Why have this spread to other countries, right? Why why go through this? Also, um, Jesse, you touched on a good point, right? If this is a, a man-made um, threat and a biological weapon, why aren't more people dead, right? If I'm China and I want to cream everyone, oh my goodness, I would seriously not invent something not so lethal. If I'm creating a bioweapon, I'm going to ensure a hundred percent fatality rate. I'm if I'm going to create a bioweapon, I'm gonna take Ebola and I'm gonna release Ebola or I'm gonna take Niha, right? Ebola, we remember Ebola that is in the SARS family, was the deadliest in the SARS family with uh, almost a forty percent death rate. Uh Niha was a phenomenon um it, probably about twenty years ago uh that had a seventy-six percent uh, death rate. SARS has a 10% death rate and um, the COVID death rate, this is where our numbers are really skewed because as to everybody's point, there is uh, not enough testing available. We don't have the real numbers. We know that roughly about 5.6% of the people who tested positive die. But that doesn't mean that this is a 5.6% death rate right? Because we know that a lot of folks are asymptomatic. We know a lot of folks are simply not getting uh, the tests. I also wanted to uh, quick mention the uh, U.S. Navy hospital ship and why it's sitting empty. So this, uh, they're blaming bureaucracy for this um, because patients are first sent to area hospitals to be evaluated and then uh, given a COVID-19 test. And then only then, um, if they are positive and didn't die through this whole, you know, because there, it takes about two days uh, to get tested, they have to go to an area hospital, if they didn't die through this whole thing, then they can be admitted on this uh, Navy ship. And uh, Brian, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. The Navy ship is specifically set up for COVID-19 uh, patients. It does uh, hold a thousand beds and currently 20 of those uh, were uh, filled. And this is uh, as of April 4th, according to CG. GTN um, was reporting on that, and you can see um, 
of the vid uh, videos on the CGTN uh, website, uh, and their website is newsus.cgtn.com forward slash news. All right. And uh, go ahead, Brian. Okay, well, thanks. I'm going to, real quick, I'm going to touch on something before we bring Brian back in. So as far as the um, bioweapon, the tool that was created by China, the, well, okay, the conspiracy that it was a tool created by China, you know, a lot of people don't think that it was designed to wipe out the planet. I think what they were claiming is it was designed to cull the herd, right? The overpopulation issues that we have, the what which we're seeing is COVID-19 is killing the weak, right? Those with immunocompromised um, systems, for example, my wife, who basically doesn't have an immune system, it's suppressed. Um, and people like Sasha, who is a cancer surviving patient, or Brian's wife, who has very... Uh, disease that I don't even fully understand. It's so complex. So this, the, the, what the conspiracy that is out there regarding the um, bioweapon is that it was used to help um, eliminate the weak, so to say, kind of like, you know, previous, uh, well, I don't want to get into previous, you know, 20s and, and things like that, but they basically were designed to eliminate eliminate a specific part of the population. Now, do I believe that? No, I, I don't know enough to say one way or the other. Again, you, the people in this podcast between Brian, Sasha, and Carl, they do much more research than I do. I'm representing the public here where they're talking to me. I'm just trying to bring a logical eye to this, or a logical ear, sorry, to this conversation. So uh, we'll go ahead and unmute Brian, give him a chance to respond, and then we'll go back to Carl to kind of wrap things up. All right, Brian, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, first, just a real quick, um, the sources that have said that the, um, the hospital ship was not for COVID-19, that would be like the New York Times, also the uh, Navy Times. All have said, in fact, actually one of the issues they had recently was that some COVID-19 people accidentally were sent to the ship, and that was a big issue. Um, so that's my sources for that information. Um, but kind of as far as the conspiracy part goes, like Sasha said, like it doesn't make any sense to be about the election because, one, how does this hurt Trump necessarily by having China having a giant epidemic, Italy having horrific deaths, and having their entire country shut down because the right-wing leader of Italy doesn't like Trump and likes Biden? That doesn't make any sense. Well, let me – I'll jump and, into this, Brian, real quick, just to give you – to let you um, respond to this specific question and the reason I brought it up. It, it was – that they wanted to, the conspiracy of it affecting Trump was to show his weakness as a leader and how he could, how he would fail at responding to something like this. I think that's yeah. where they were looking at. So if you want to address that. Sure. And the thing is that basically, again, it comes down to, it's a conspiracy by New York, Seattle, California, hospitals, nurses, lab techs, the media, Politicians on the left, I'm assuming, even now Fox News, who changed their story, it's it's they're all in on it. Or pandemics happen. This isn't even like the first time we've had something like this happen in the last like 15, 20 years. We've had other ones. This just happens to be different. Which is more logical? Tens of thousands of people all in on this giant random conspiracy that's worldwide just to make Trump look bad 
when, uh, you know, from my point of view, Trump looks bad all the time with no help needed whatsoever. Trump was not going to win the election based on any polling before this came out. So they didn't need to go out and be like, let's pretend to kill 10, 20,000 people just to make sure that Trump loses. In fact, when uh, a few weeks ago, Trump's numbers actually were going up slightly due to this. So it just doesn't really make sense as a conspiracy even that because there's too many people involved, the benefit's not real, and it, was compl- it would be completely unnecessary. And like I said, you know, don't attribute conspiracy to what can be explained by, you know, malice or without malice, basically just errors and misinformation that maybe people misread something just because something bad's happening doesn't mean you need to ascribe a conspiracy theory to it. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Brian. Brian, I'm going to call you out on false information. Uh, polls are uh, actually showing uh, that Trump will be uh, reelected. So the latest uh, political poll uh, that was uh, um, uh, came out is uh, saying that uh, uh, Trump will uh, win uh, and the majority expects him to win in uh, 2020. Uh, with that being said, um, where I will agree with you is that this is not a, a political conspiracy. Uh, we're not seeing uh, a gross failure of just our government. We're seeing gross failures of all governments across the world. Uh, we have very few countries that have adequately uh, handled the situation and have uh, um, reacted uh, appropriately uh, and uh, uh, cared for their citizens uh, greatly, and that's a reflection on uh, today's world, uh, not just uh, the United States um, or our presidents. And I know uh, the nations are doing as best as they can here in the United States. We have over 340 million uh, people. Uh, we, uh, I've heard uh, the saying that, oh my gosh, United States has so many cases. Look how many people we have in the United States. Uh, look how spread out we have. Uh, our land mass uh, is, uh, we have an extremely large land mass and uh, uh, all of Europe uh, pretty much uh, uh, fits into the state of Texas. So there's a lot of contributing uh, factors uh, to uh, the disease. You can't blame the current administration. You can't say that the Democrats would have handled uh, things better. One thing we do know about politicians, it's all about the almighty dollar and it's not about uh, the individual or the people. Everybody wants to get rich and no one cares about the little man. Okay, now Back to you. I'm going to give Brian, Sasha, I'm going to ask you a question quick because I'm going to get, since you called out Brian, I'm going to give him a chance to respond to you. Um, but I do want you to sort your size for the poll that you just named. Oh, yep, I absolutely. I'm looking at uh, the uh, political.com and it is Donald Trump 2020 election poll and the headline states majority expect Trump to win in 2020. And that's politico.com and when politico.com. Was, when Correct. was this poll taken? Um so this is 11-6, so before, because right, Brian said, uh, without this coronavirus, Trump was going to lose anyways, so that's why I'm refuting, so this is November 6th of 2019. All righty, Brian, here you go. 
Um, so, so first you said, what does the poll say? That the poll says that people think that Trump will win? Absolutely. Yep. So okay. this is uh, conducted November uh, 1st through 3rd national sample of uh, 1983 registered voters, uh, just so that meets uh, the random independent uh, criteria of a survey structure. Um, that you have a margin of sampling error plus or minus uh, 2%, uh, but that uh, is uh, uh, telling us um, that 21% uh, are hopeful, 18% uh, are worried. Uh, Democrats uh, are were most likely to say they were hopeful for the election and worried um, as well, so that they have high percentages. But it uh, uh, pre uh, so 69% um, say that they're very motivated uh, to. Uh, vote and the election says 56% uh, of voters expect the president to be reelected uh, with 85% of Republicans and 51% of independents. And by comparison, more than a third of Democrats, 35% predict that Trump will win the election. Well, see, so there's, there's one key issue with that. And, but the second, first one would be that's also from November back when they were in the middle of the primaries and there was like 13 different Democratic candidates. There wasn't really a refined candidate. Things usually sure up once they get a candidate. I was more talking about polls where they actually are polling like X candidate against Trump. The second is that's a poll of do people think that Trump will win? Not a poll of who people are going to vote for. People, especially on the left, a lot of them are, you know, scared that Trump will win, and they have this feeling that Trump will win, but that doesn't mean that if you take a poll of who people are actually going to vote for, that's the same. Okay, so I'll give you the you same. You have... I'm gonna, hold on a second. So I'm gonna say, you... I was just going to say, you could have 80% think that Trump's going to win, but then do a poll and show that Biden's up 52 to 48. Sure, but Brian, I'm going to give you the same I'm going to give you the same opportunity to cite your poll source, though, because I think that's important that people need to hear, you know, where are your polls coming from? Sasha had claimed that hers came from Politico in November. Where where are you getting your information? I'm not citing a specific poll, so I'm just going okay. to, like, I see polling boo, all Brian, the time. Boo, 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 all right, all right, all right. Carl hasn't I had a chance in quite some time. I wasn't preparing for a <laughs> debate on polling. So I know, I I'm know. We're not. We're not. I read I, multiple I do polls. have uh, one more. Well, we got to give Carl a chance, guys. Yeah. We Carl hasn't spoken in a long time, so we're going to stop this right here, and we're going to give Carl a chance to wrap this up quick because um, I do think the polling thing, is, is it, it could be a topic on its own. So let's go back to Carl here. Give me a second, Carl. Uh, okay, we're going to kind of wrap things up here. We've gone in a little over an hour. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Carl? Would you like to address anything or and what, what else we do here? And maybe this will give you some time to think about this. At the end of every episode, we do give all of our guests and hosts a chance to um, uh, support a charity of their choice. Uh, for example, mine every week is the the Wounded Warrior Project. Sasha's uh, got one that kind of varies, and Brian also can vary from time to time. So you can think about that. Um, but did you want to touch base on anything else? You mean last week we talked about the moon landing, the conspiracy on that? You know, the the floor is yours. We've probably got another fifteen minutes before we're going to cut this off. 
Carl. Yeah, Hamm. so I just don't think the meat was being honest with us. <clears throat> you know, that's basically my take on this. So I think without the testing of COVID patients, I think it's virtually impossible to make a determination as to the severity of the situation of this specific pandemic. So I think they're ultimately using this to politicize it and to push through certain agendas. So I'll just leave it at that. Unless you guys make any comments. Yeah, okay. And I think at this point we've we've addressed that and um, this has been a really good conversation. Look, our, our purpose is um, to make sure that we can all speak our minds. We don't have to disagree or agree. Um, we do necessarily uh, have the ability to voice our opinions and not be jerks about it. And the, the four of us have all known each other for quite some time. And between the four of us, we have some seriously different opinions on things. Um, but we handle it respectfully, you guys. We're able to talk about it. The, the biggest thing right now in the world is toxicity, especially in social um, platforms like Facebook and Twitter. And it's just so disgusting how people treat each other with different opinions. You don't have to like President Trump. You don't have to like President Obama. You don't have to like anybody, really. But you do have to be respectful to each other, and that's the goal here. Let's be respectful during conversation. Carl, Brian, and Sasha have done that for this past over an hour. They have all been fantastic towards each other. They have addressed each other's questions. They didn't call each other out. They weren't nasty to each other. Um, Carl, why don't you just stick with me just for a minute and and just tell me if you have any uh, uh, organizations you'd like to promote. Unless he's already taken off, I think he had to go. So, um, yeah, I think Carl actually did have to go. So why don't we jump into you, Brian? Why don't you go ahead and promote your your uh, charity? Did you say me? You're cut it right when you said the name. <laughs> yeah, you, Brian. Sorry, you go ahead okay. and promote your charity. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so as always, I'm uh, gonna promote GPAC. Uh, it's G hyphen P A C T dot org. And that's a organization that works with gastroparesis and other gastric diseases and to help people either get through and handle their symptoms better and also hopefully, you know, maybe find a cure for it. Um, And as always, that's one of the key issues that my wife has. So that's the reason why I always promote that because it's a pretty unknown thing we always get shocked when we mention it and someone's like oh i know about that we're like whoa what so sounds good and sasha did we lose sasha uh this week's uh uh, charity is going to be the acs can so which is the cancer action network uh www.fightcancer.org there's some wonderful resources here for uh cancer patients and uh caregivers here there's an 800 number where you can be uh connected uh with a uh, nurse or a doctor uh immediately uh it is staffed 24 by 7 and it is free of charge uh these folks will uh put you in touch with uh, resources. Uh, Nobody has to fight alone. Um, Check out uh, their website, uh, donate money, and if you're fighting cancer, um, uh, take advantage of the resources that are here for you. 
All right, thank you, Sasha. And I'm, as of always, I'm going to promote the Wounded Warrior Project. Carl did have a hard out today. I totally forgot about it, so he didn't get a chance to promote anything he was under. Uh, maybe I'll talk to him, and maybe next week I'll, I'll go ahead and promote that for him. But like always, guys, we're going to go ahead and end the show. And I would like to make sure that everyone understands that to please keep an open mind. Please be kind to one another. Please understand you don't have to disagree. You don't have to agree. Don't dig your heels in. Have a conversation with one another. Let's talk to each other like we were born to. And with that, I wish you all a very fantastic week. The following podcast has been a Grizzled Beard Studio production. We can be reached at betweenhardlines at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at BHL Podcast. Stick that in your beard. Thank you.